So if someone says to you, do you have a certain model? You might be tempted to say, no, we don't carry that model. I don't know. Maybe the person wants to put a million-dollar order for that model. Do you still not carry that model? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I see no value in answering the first question until you can better understand what they're trying to accomplish, right? Hi, welcome to another episode of Bakhtari MD. And this season, we're going over Crash CEO School. The goal of this is to give you the skills you will need to be a leader in your organization and not have to literally make all the same mistakes that other people have. And you can jumpstart your leadership and move it to the next level. So today, I'm going to do a follow-up to our previous talk, which is really getting to understand that your first touch with the client is the most important thing that needs to happen. Meaning whoever the first person that interacts with any potential client can make or break your company. So I'll give a link to that video above. But in that video, we talked about a part of that process, which is getting to know your client. And I want to spend a video talking about what does it mean to get to know your client? Because I think for a lot of people, that may be a kind of a vague term. And why is getting to know your client important? Oh, you know, often it's very subconscious, but when when you go for help or when you go seek out a service, if the other person before they sell you what they're going to sell you or give you what they're going to give you, if they spend time understanding your needs and wants and understanding where you are and what you're looking to accomplish, the fact that they're willing to do that immediately instills enough confidence and often melts away any potential objections you may have. Even if you're looking for a new landscaper or if you're looking for a new doctor and looking for anything new, if your first interaction involves them getting to know you and understanding where you are, where in your journey, immediately you attribute to them that they're a professional and normal objections that you may have like, um, you know, whether it's pricing or other objections, tend to be minimized because you're like, well, this person really is uh, a subject matter authority. So let's talk today about getting to know your client. So what does getting to know your client accomplish? Well, first of all, you get to understand their needs and wants. You get to show them how you can match their needs and wants. You can uncover potential objections before they actually come to the service and they bring it up. And you can use this to really do the what I call the three C's of getting to know your client. You can convey alignment, you can convey confidence, and you can convey value. So when does getting to know your client start? When does this process begin? And honestly, it really begins from the minute you start talking with your potential client. I would say within the first 10 seconds, that process has already begun. Whether you're ready for it or not, they're assuming you're going to start that process. And the most important thing to do to start this process is often you're going to be confronted with a question like, do you guys offer you know, this? Or you know, can I get this from you guys? Or do you have this model? And, I, and 
What is interesting is that is your cue to to begin the know your client process. And contrary to everything you may have learned, for the most part, the most important thing is not to answer that first question. Because often that first question is not really their question. The best way to handle their first question is to respond to their question with a question of your own. Because often the first question they're asking may not really be their question, And you need to contextualize that question in a bigger picture often to give them the right answer. So we're not avoiding not answering that question because we want to be evasive. But I don't think in the majority of time you can actually give them the most correct answer unless you have more clarity. Now, getting to know your client often involves asking a lot of questions and asking a lot of follow-up questions to their answers. And I know this runs contrary to people's instinct uh, in business, that if they ask too many questions, that it's going to work against them, uh, that you know they're being too nosy uh, or you know some of this stuff is irrelevant. Um, and you know, again, within the confines of understanding what they want in terms of what they're coming to you for, I think it is okay. But I do hear a lot with you know, from people who we train often, hey, I'm a little uncomfortable asking all these questions about their business. I feel like I'm being too nosy. Uh, I feel it's not my role. Uh, people might get upset. What's interesting in reality is that people really love to talk about themselves and they love to talk about their problems. So this is very contrary to the actual experience. What we have found, the more questions you ask, the more people are actually happy. And like I was saying, people often want to talk about their problems, which actually creates a separate problem because sometimes you also, like in the course we have, we actually teach you how to then stop them from going on and on and on. But that's a separate issue. But this idea that I'm worried that I'm asking too many questions, where the rubber meets the road, that's never an issue. People are okay. In fact, people actually like it. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm just calling about and you know getting new lawn service and they want to know how many plants I have. And it actually makes them feel good that you're interested. So it's contrary to what you would think. The next thing is even when you do ask questions, they're going to answer those questions, but you need to then sometimes ask follow-up questions. People often ask me, well, what kind of follow-up questions do I need to ask? You have to ask enough follow-up questions until you have clarity on what it is their answer really meant. So I, I think that just comes from experience, but you have to keep asking more and more until you fully understand what they're trying to accomplish, what their needs and wants are. So again, the goal of all this is to convey alignment, convey confidence, convey value. So now what I want to actually talk about is a step-by-step process on how to get to know your client. So I gave you the broad overview, but uh, this is what we cover internally in our course when we're training our staff. Um, And this the outline I have here is more for the phone, but it can be applied in person too, uh, which is a process that I think covers almost any field of business. Obviously, you may have to make certain tweaks. All right, so let's talk about the first rule, which I I mentioned already, which is never, 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 never answer the first question. And the reason for that is I don't know if you can give the proper answer unless you have more clarity. You know, if somebody calls you up and says, are you open on Saturdays? 
you think, well, that a question I should answer. And, and let's just say you decide to answer, no, we're not open on Saturdays. Well, that may not be true. Maybe you have not been open on you know every Saturday for the last 10 years. But let me ask you a question. What happens if the guy calls and says, hey, are you open on Saturday? Be, and you say no, and they hang up versus are you on sa- open on Saturday? Well, let me ask you, what are you trying to do? Well, we want to put a million-dollar order, but it needs to come in this Saturday. Well, guess what? Are you still not open on Saturday? I don't know. Maybe yes, maybe no. But if the guy just said he wants to do a million dollars worth of business, and are you open on Saturday, or are you open on Sunday, or are you open on Thanksgiving? Hmm, I don't know. So even when you're tempted to answer the first question, like, are you open on Sunday? Are you open on Thanksgiving? I don't know. If somebody wants to put a $100 million order, are you, are you really close on Thanksgiving? I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you aren't. But why give that answer if you don't know what they're trying to do or what they're trying to accomplish? Do you see what I'm saying? So if someone says to you, do you have a certain model? You might be tempted to say, no, we don't carry that model. I don't know. Maybe the person wants to put a million-dollar order for that model. Do you still not carry that model? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I see no value in answering the first question until you can better understand what they're trying to accomplish, right? So are there questions that there's that you can really answer, first questions that you should really answer? You know, I'm, I'm sure maybe in the comments you can address that. Maybe there are, maybe there aren't. But it's better to train staff not to answer that first question because invariably it's not a win and often it's not the right answer because you you don't have the context so uh and by the way i see this all the time you can randomly call 10 companies right now and ask a question and they will immediately answer it and they won't know who you are you could be one person you could be the hr director for fortune 500 company all right so now that we've got out this golden rule, <laughs> never, ever answer the first question. The first thing, first thing, first thing is identify yourself first, okay? Always identify yourself before you ask the other person to identify themselves. It really is much more professional and really makes the other person uh, feel comfortable. So what I recommend is uh, identify your name your, your uh, and your role in the company. By the way, let me pause here and I'm going to just have a, a few words from our course that I was mentioning so you can get an overview what that's all about. Hi, my name is Ashley Arnold, and our team of inspirational leaders have created a comprehensive phone training course to help others grow their businesses. We know how frustrating it is to spend all that time, money, and effort to generate inbound calls for your business, only to end up with little to no revenue. Here at High Call Converting Headquarters, we have taken countless courses, read every book on phone sales, and tried and tested all of our learnings on several startups we've had over the years to find out what works and what doesn't. Today, we have a bulletproof system that helps us close up to 80% of those inbound calls. Our High Converting Call class will teach you how to demonstrate your authority quickly without being pushy. Imagine empowering the caller to come to the realization on their own that you are the best person in the industry to meet their wants and needs in just a few minutes. We believe that many businesses out there can benefit from this, and
and we promise to help you achieve your revenue goals by converting more of your incoming calls into actual sales. For more information, please visit our website at highconvertingcallclass.com or sign up on our website for more information. Stop waiting for the sales to come to you. Put your revenue into your hands. The first thing you should ask is for their name and then also ask them if they work for a company or if they're calling for themselves. Asking for their name is really helpful because then for the rest of the conversation, you can refer to them by that name and and understanding if they work for a company or an individual gives you, first of all, a size of what that account might be worth and also the different needs individuals may need versus companies. If they tell you they work for a company, uh, ask them what's the name of the company, what industry they're in. Uh, and if you have the bandwidth and have the time, I find it very helpful to look up that company's website as you're speaking to them, because I think often that gives you some clarity in what, what field they're in, how big they're in, how big they are. Next thing is to ask for their role in the company. Ask for their title, what department they're in. The reason for that is your conversation is going to be a lot different if you're literally talking to the, the director of procurement versus just somebody who is an administrative assistant calling for some, you know, for from just the uh, purchasing department, or you're actually talking to the CEO, the vice president of the company, I think what you will find is your the direction of the company will go significantly diff- different. Um, if you know where they are in the totem pole of the company. Next, ask, why are they calling, okay? And and by by asking why they're ca- calling, you know, the, the point is, what are you trying to accomplish by getting this service that we have or this product that we have? Understanding why they need the product, why they need the product now, what problems are they trying to address by getting this product often gives you a lot, a lot of insight in how to move ahead next. Because if you understand what it is that they're trying to solve, they they may not have even asked for the right product given the problem they have. So you can actually then be in a position to provide them potentially a different product, different service that better addresses what they're what they're trying to accomplish, if that makes sense. And can you imagine how that makes you look by the fact that you were able to actually, you know, pivot to another product to another service based on now understanding what it is they're trying to accomplish. Even after you understand what it is that they're trying to accomplish, one of the cool questions is why are you why do you want to address that now? Often if you ask that question, it allows you to understand what happened that they all of a sudden need to switch accounting services or uh, what happens now that they you know need to get a new attorney. What happened? Why now? By asking why now, often you really get insight into what the last vendor did wrong. Uh, what the last situation was, or maybe they never had an accountant before. Now they were getting audited or they had some financial theft. Understanding that is going to help you tremendously as you show them how you can help them. Often asking, you know, this product or service they need, who is this for? Is this for your clients? Is this for yourself? Is this an internal thing you need? Again, it fills in holes so you can provide them a better answer or solution. The other thing that I find this is a very touchy question is who are you currently using now if they if it's a service that they currently have? This provides you wealth of information because you know, nobody randomly wakes up one morning and says, Oh, I'm going to switch my lawn service. I'm going to switch my accounting service. I, uh, you know, I have nothing better to do than just randomly call and switch. 
often something has happened and if you can understand what that pain was that got them to call and said we need a new shredding company or whatever it is you will be able to incorporate that information into your response to them. The other one that I think uh, people who are initially trained are very resistant to is to ask them, who else are they calling? I think people think, oh, that's very nosy. Actually, I think people like it. When you say, you know, I know you're looking for a new shredding company. Can I ask who else have you been calling? And that is also an opportunity for you once you have that information uh, in your presentation to show how you are uh, potentially different uh, or better than some of the other people they've been calling. Lastly, you know, ask how they heard about you. Uh, it's amazing, but if they heard about you from a client that you already have, for example, uh, you, you can then parlay your relationship with that existing client and say, oh yeah, we've been working with ABC Company for a decade now. Uh, we have a great relationship with them. That again, builds that confidence that you are someone reliable that they should uh, work with. Next question asks, when do they need this service? Is there time sensitivity? Is there an urgency? Again, all of this helps you in your presentation um, to uh, come up with a solution for them. Next thing is to ask if they're ready to move forward, You know, assuming everything else is right, assuming the price is right and we have the product. By asking that question, you often find out objections that you don't need to hear about later after you actually ask them for the business. So if they're ready, if say, well, assuming we got this and this and this, and you love the product, you love the price, are you ready to move forward? And then you may you may then find out, well, yes, but I'm not really the final person. We need, you know, this is the person that needs to sign off on it, or you know, we're going to incorporate into this budget for next quarter. So we're actually looking to make the switch next quarter. All of this allows you to be in a position where you understand the, the client and you understand when they want to actually make the move. Um, and it helps you in your final pitch or solution to them. So in in summary, this is the process of getting to know your client. Obviously, you can make tweaks on this, but what happens in this process you is you're basically building a relationship. Again, there's a tendency to think that if you ask too many questions, you're going to turn people off. Nothing could be further from the truth. We have actually found that most people are relieved that they're getting this much attention and these many questions. They often open up and you often really find out stuff that would really help you in your presentation. And simultaneously, you convey a lot of caring and concern and professionalism by putting someone through this process. So now that you've heard this, and even if you incorporate a portion of this or half of this, can you see how not having this process can make a huge difference. Again, I really, in my last video, I said really invite you to record and listen to some of your calls because I think what you will find out is that this kind of process of getting to know your client is not really happening in a lot of the calls and there's just random babbling going on and uh, what you'll find is that, you know, it's a smaller percentage of people that would have signed up move ahead with the service. You know, we often say that with no training in many businesses, a third of people will sign up just simply because they need the service. It doesn't really matter who they talk to. They actually need a new shredding company. It doesn't really matter, and they're going to sign up. But what we have found with proper training, and this requires a lot of training, you can actually get 70, 80% of people signed up and not give you objections because 
people tend not to give objections if they feel they've contacted the real deal, the real company, the subject matter experts, the people who do it in their sleep. When you get the company who you feel does this in your sleep, I don't think that's usually the time that people want to go nine rounds to save another 5% on on the proposal. I think people who normally would have a money objection or other objections, those things tend to go away when they feel like they're talking to subject matter experts on the thing that they're having pain on. Okay, well, if you um, like this video, please comment, like, and subscribe. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next video. Thank you.